Use the force to live long and prosper. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. What a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit. Frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, welcome back to a play on nerds. I'm Steve. This other guy is Jarman. Good to see you guys again. <laughs> and we're here to co-host the hell out of this. Guys, this is a very special episode. Very special. And guys, I know I've said that before. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> Many times. But I want you to know I was lying every other one of those times. This time this is the, the one. This is the one, everyone. Why is it so special, Steve? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's special because it's the triumphant return of our newfound favorite nerd roll of, of fortune. fortune. We don't know what we're going to talk about in the main segment because we're going to roll for it on a chart that was given to us by an AI chat GPT generator. So we'll figure out what nerdy topic we'll be talking about later. And you already know it because it'll be on the it's title. It's the closest so. we can get to being enslaved by robots right now. <laughs> it'll come eventually entirely. <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, but what have you been up to since we last recorded was three days ago? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I didn't get to talk about it a lot then, but uh, we had a family wedding. That's right. My cousin Tessa and her now husband Dave finally tied the knot. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Congratulations to them. Dave, I think, listens. Nice. Maybe. Maybe. So congratulations, Dave. Woo. Happy to have you, both as a listener and as a family member. Great couple. Um, and so because of that, we just had a weekend of family stuff. Because people were coming into town, lots of travels happening. So Friday, got off work a little bit early, went to a pierogi dinner at my aunt's place. Pierogies. With like like 10 to 15, maybe 20 valens. (laughs) And then Saturday, got up, had to do some chores and stuff, and then got ready. Drove downtown, went to the wedding, which was short and sweet. They did it right. Uh, had dinner. They had the classic Pittsburgh cookie table, which is like a, uh, so it's like a requirement in Pittsburgh. I don't know about this. So uh, for weddings, your family members, female family members, everyone has like their signature cookie they make. Oh. And you'll make between like, I think Anna ended up making four dozen to contribute, but some people talk about making like 12 dozen, like these wow. crazy quantities. Um, and the idea is that there's like this big table. And all the cookies are laid out, and, like, that's dessert. Ah, uh, not the cake. Okay. Right. The cake is, like, there might, like, I don't even think there was cake. There might have been cake. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, the cookie table is the dessert bed. Right. And it's a very much, like, an expected staple of Pittsburgh weddings. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we got up the next day. And we went and drove down and did like a late lunch and day down at the river at my uncle's church. Oh, yeah. You talked about the last episode. Yeah. So we went there and had some town down by the river and the kids got to float and we got to have good family time and see, you know, 20 Bauman's again. (laughs) Uh, And then Monday, we just kept it low. We did some chores around the house. We finally went grocery shopping. 
<laughs> All the exciting took stuff. A day, took a day to take a breath. Yes. Much all needed. the family stuff. Um, and now I'm just working for the weekend. Yeah. Everybody's working. Up. Copyright. Steve. <laughs> Steve is working for the weekend. Yes. She's working too. Them kids. That's right. Uh, me since three days ago when we last talked, uh, I've, yeah. my lady has been out of town for a long time. She was gone for three days, probably the longest we've been apart <laughs> for, since we've been together for the last four years. Um, but she was doing a, a work conference type of thing in Tallahassee, which is the capital of Florida. Yeah. Um, and so I was here at the hospital myself. I haven't left a single time the entire time she's been gone. I just got, I ate all the food that was in the house that was easily edible. And then I ordered twice. So I, I saved a lot of money. But- the house is filled with farts. <laughs> Hopefully just, not. <laughs> just filled to the brim. So I'd work all day, and then I did get a chance to finally purchase and start playing Diablo 4, which is Welcome. fun. Welcome to the dark side. Yes, and Steve and I both played, I think, bo- both Diablos as kids. Like, we love one and two. Did, what did you roll up? I, I did a thief, or rogue, rather. Okay. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. Once I finally are watched you playing, it. Are you playing on PC or on a console? PC. All right. I think we can still play together. Yeah, crossplay. I did some crossplay with um, a couple people the other night for the first time. Uh, they were on, one was on PC as well, but the other guy is on um, Xbox uh, Series X or whatever it is. And we could all play together and talk to each other and everything with Ooh. voice chat and everything. So you and I should do that, Steve. It'll be fun. Yeah. What would what, you roll up? Uh, my main is a necromancer. Ah. I found it a really easy, really easy bone build. Nice. That's like, it's just, I just walk through. I just walk through the game now. Very cool. I, I'm getting that way too um, now, finally. I I did roll up a druid at first and really struggled. I watched a video saying they're hard to play for a first time through. Like you need to get maybe a second character as a druid or something. Well, basically what I've heard is like they just all their their stuff doesn't come online until they get to like 50. Right. Power through it. So many so many of their builds are gear dependent. Right. And I think like one of the things I don't have this one specific thing. The whole thing doesn't work. You know, like that kind of it kind of sucks that when I'm going to break a whole build, basically. Um, but one thing I don't like if anyone out there played the originals is I played one and two and finally played three just like last month. Because I hadn't played that over the last 11 years. It's been out. Um, was that you could always clear a room or clear a whole map because you're playing by yourself unless you directly connect to a server with other people. You could clear a whole map, and if you do come back later on, it will repopulate, but you could clear a whole place at least once, and then you can feel good that you accomplished that. I destroyed every barrel. I killed every guy in the dungeon, and you know, I felt completed. You know, I'm a completionist. And so I walk mm-hmm. into this Diablo 4, and suddenly it's like World of Warcraft, this MMORPG where it's always online. You can't not be online. But also like, open. yeah, and also the creatures keep responding. They don't stop ever. Um, so you, if you don't move, those respawn on top of you. And I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I was like, I can't. And so I keep trying to look up online guides for beginners of how to play this game. And every beginner guide I start watching on YouTube, it claims to be a beginner's guide. And then it just ta- throws out all these terms. I have no idea what they mean about crafting at level 90. You'll need this for this and this and this. I'm like, I don't know what any of this stuff means. Like, where's an actual beginner's guide? <laughs> so I finally found something. Like four, he's like way down on the list of people that have views um, for someone. He explained it step by step in more of a review because he was reviewing the beta at first and explaining the basic functions of the game. I was like, oh, okay, this all makes much more sense now because <laughs> it is a lot more complicated than Diablo 2 for sure and maybe closer to Diablo 3 but man it's like 
it's like an MMO out there. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, absolutely. There's way more stuff. It's interspersed at much larger level gaps. Yeah, absolutely. Things are just so far apart from each other. Like it feels obscene at times how far things are from each other in this game. It's like they're trying to make a Skyrim type of map of of scale, you know, like that big. <laughs> but well, and like you can't eventually get a horse, but I feel like it's way too late. What level do you get a horse? Even I know it's that quest to finish, but when is that? I don't know. I think you can complete it at thirty. I think. Have you gotten that thirty yet? No, I think I'm at twenty nine. Okay, cool. You're a little above me. Then. But it's one of those things where I was like, why couldn't this be like a you know, like Red Dead Redemption. Like you get a crappy horse at first <laughs> and then you can get better horses. Yeah, we call that one old Droopy Saddlebag over there. That's his name. <laughs> Droopy Saddlebag. He's only $5. <laughs> hey, he's still got two good legs. <laughs> he kind of drags the two back legs behind him, but you'll get to where you're going eventually. Yeah, but the carts are going to hold him up. You're not going to know the difference, mister. It might two be, bits. It might be faster to walk, though. <laughs> Come on, Dutch. Get oh, off. Oh, he is. <laughs> He is going to need you to walk beside him. If you ride him, it'll, it'll be his end. He's also emotionally unstable, so you might want to get him the oat bit, bag. mister. That's my final offer. <laughs> All right. One bit. <laughs> yeah, why don't they have that horse, at least, to start off with? That'd be great. <laughs> but, but you have to carry him to your pickup. <laughs> he's only going to walk if he's attached to that cart. That ain't going to work. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that brings us to some uh, nerdy news. It's time for Nerdy News. All right, folks. And I want to mention at the beginning of the episode, I totally forgot, but we are now putting in the descriptions of the episodes um, um, uh, timestamps where you basically you can skip to the different parts of the episode if you don't like certain sections or if you're losing interest or you want to move around. Apparently, it's a thing kids do these days that makes it episodes more accessible to people if they're not a fan of certain segments. They'll be available in the descriptions um, of the episodes on YouTube and on any podcatcher of your choice. Just scroll down a bit. You'll see the timestamps. You can skip to where you want to go if you so choose. But listen to the whole episode. We're great guys. You or you could stop being a punk and just listen to everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so my nerdy news story is Cosmic Confessions. Whistleblower spills UFO tea. So what we have hell. You just wait. This is a big story. It's been in the New York Post. Uh-huh. It's been on yeah. CNN and different networks. BBC. Uh, an Air Force veteran and former government intelligence office official has come forward after co-leading the United Aerial Phenomenon Investigations Group for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Whew, that's a lot of words. But yeah, he's, uh, there was a, uh, that organization was in the news maybe last year, two years ago, when all these uh, videos were released to the government, uh, to the public of naval officers and Air Force officers seeing all these um, flying vehicles. And so they've created a task force to study this. And this guy was the co-lead of it. Um, and now he's come out as a whistleblower of sorts. Uh, he's saying that while he was in the UAP task force, he spoke with politicians, longtime intelligence officials and military folks. And they all told him that we have a whole bunch of alien technology and downed aircraft over the decades. And he says that we are currently trying to reverse engineer it, but to little success so far. And he says that they told him that there are also non-human bodies to go along with these craft as well. Now, we've heard things, rumors of this for a long time, but he's. The first person to come out who had the actual credentials and recent experience with the an actual task force that was tasked with finding out this stuff. And he it was, one thing he says is, I thought it was totally nuts. And I thought at first I was being deceived. People started to confide in me, approaching me. 
I had plenty of senior former intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me that they were part of a program. They named the program, and I'd never heard of it. They told me based on their oral testimony, and they provided me documents and other proof that was that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was not read into. Um, and he won't come right out and say they're, they're aliens, but he did say that they're non-human beings and non-human technology that's far advanced from ours. Um, he says, I couch it as somebody who has studied physics where, you know, maybe they're coming from a different physical dimension as described by in, in quantum mechanics. We know there are extra dimensions due to high energy particle collisions, et cetera. And there's a theoretical framework to explain that. So they could be extra dimensional deep beings. They could be aliens. He, they don't, he doesn't claim to know. And he said he tried to get more information through critical uh, official channels, but was repeatedly shut down. So even though he's revealing secret information, he decided to utilize an actual law we have here in the U.S. called the Whistleblower Act or Whistleblower Laws. That protects him from revealing information that would have been top secret or under an NDA. And the last little thing I'll say is he said they asked him why he thinks this is important. He says it's totally nuts that humanity has as a whole, especially the U.S. citizenry, that they're not even benefiting from this broad research into this propulsion, energy issues, material science, and that could all improve people's quality of life. He says it's totally nuts how it's been mm. protected and inhibits progress. Um, but. How, do we believe this guy, Steve? What do we think? <laughs> I'm guessing no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with my standard response, which is picks or it didn't happen, bro. I agree. He's got a lot of secret sources that he can't mention, supposedly, who showed him photos and documents. I'm like, well, can we get some of those photos and documents? Otherwise, you're just saying stuff. And when I heard that he was an intelligence official, he was the Air Force and this UAP task force, but he's only 36 years old. So I'm like, that kind of is like lessens his credibility for me i know it shouldn't because he's old enough to have accomplished things but he's a 36 year old i'm 37 so i don't know i don't know anybody else <laughs> but it's probably the now's the time now's <laughs> when you make something up. that's right get on the news a little bit <laughs> so he's apparently part of this investigation trial thing that's going to go on for a while to try to make force them to release this information um as part of a whistleblower trial so that'll take months to complete but he seems like he's making a legit effort, and he they ha have confirmed through the news outlets that he did work in all the places he said he worked. Um, so he's not making that up. So it's interesting, to say the least. I don't know what will come out of it, but it's it's interesting. It would be hard to cover all that stuff up for that many years, but we'll see. But that brings us to our next segment, our Nerd Roll of Fortune. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. In the wheel. <laughs> So first, what we do is we roll a D20 to find the category of thing we're going to talk about, and then a D10 to decide you what want to, subtopic. Do you want to do the D20 or the D10? I'll do the D10. You do the D20. All right. Survey <laughs> says a one. A one. All right. That one. That's the first time we got a one. It's movie reviews and discussions. Ooh, okay. We're up, right up that category. And rolling my D10 right now. It's a nine. All right. So this is a pretty broad topic, but still we can discuss it in whatever way we want. Superhero films, Marvel, DC, and beyond. So what do we think about that? Do Are we having superhero fatigue, Steve? Is that happening soon, you think? I don't know. I, so here's the thing. The genre, I think, is doing fine. Um, I think that that Marvel, especially Disney, I guess, is doing a good job of opening a lot of very unique facets mm. 
for Marvel to get out. So you get things like what if you get this, the, the standalone things like WandaVision, um, you get high stakes things like Loki, you get animated stuff that I'm not even really fully aware of that Disney is pumping <laughs> right. in droves now that they own all this stuff. Um, and they've, they've, you know, you get uh, what the Halloween thing, what was it? Werewolf by midnight. Yeah. I still haven't seen that one. You know, you get very diverse things like that. Um, which is sort of reinvigorate the genre and keep it fresh because we are seeing new things out of the genre. It is not the same thing over and over again. Right. Like we have the um, animated uh, Spider-Man movies. Those are very, very different and interesting in their own way. Like and not really. And like, you know, Moon Knight was like a very singular, nothing else really like it in the Marvel Universe, but still highly entertaining. Yeah, I think they have to start diversifying, like you're saying where they make so much content that maybe you could you finally can no longer watch all of it and keep up with all of it, but then make it so where you don't really have to because, well, I only like the sitcom-style ones, like She-Hulk and that kind of thing, or I only like the cartoons, or I only like the movies. Like You can kind of choose but and not watch all of them because they're so different. I do fear that there is such, you know, there was one sort of period of time on Disney+, Plus, sort of mid-pandemic, where it felt like there was always some new Marvel thing. Yeah. Like always some big new Marvel thing. And I got to the point where I was like, man, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's too much. Um, you know, like Hawkeye and, you know, Loki, which was <laughs> great, of course, and WandaVision, which was interesting. And uh oh, and then you gotta get ready for Miss Marvel. Oh, and then you got this. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> They were just turning them out. Oh, and then what if season one is? Co- oh my god! Please, guys, just calm down. I'm not just... <laughs> the the Groot shorts. You got to watch the Groot shorts. Ah, <laughs> uh, Groot shorts. Ah, uh, but it was just, and I feel like they're finally backing off of that. I th- I think like Disney hit the panic button with streaming. It was like we got to get as much crap out there as possible because <laughs> no one's going to theaters, so they do something. Well, yeah, people were consuming streaming content in droves, right? Like just in in proportions never thought of. Well, I even it's weird because it was summertime, and I'm like, where have all the blockbusters been this summer? Because I was like, what did we? What's the last Marvel movie that came out? And I realized it was Ant Man: Quantumania back in May. And I'm like, is there not another movie coming out from Marvel in the summer? And there's not. The only thing coming out in the summer from Marvel is uh, Secret Invasion, which, as a time of recording this, I think the first episode came out last night. Um, yeah, that, that looks cool. But it's like so they had basically Quantumania May, and then in June they have Secret Invasion. I think that's it which is kind of weird for Marvel in the summertime. I'm glad they're taking breaks. I'm glad that the writer's strike is going to kind of like force them. That too. Yeah. To take breaks. Um, I can imagine. Like, they, catch you, up they, have, they, they have a ton of scripts and they have a ton of material to pull from. Yeah. It's never ending. They have to have everything completed and they'd have to do it without a show, without like a showrunner, basically. Well, they just had two big hits to their lead characters they were banking on, which is Jonathan Majors playing uh, Kang. Yeah, man. He's arrested for domestic violence. And then now we, just, we have um, Namor as well, the actor playing him, yeah. accused of sexual violence and stuff like that. So, man, th- that is not good. <laughs> they were just launching these characters. And then, like, they can easily recast Kang, though, because of the multiverse crap. Like, it's just fine. Like, figure you can figure it out. Um, yeah. It, yes. Like, he was a good actor, and I was excited for it, but I don't want some douchebag I had to watch. for the, Like, yeah, he's playing a villain, but I, I don't want him getting money. <laughs> um, but DC, a lot going on there. Uh, not necessarily good. The, the Flash just flopped, apparently, according to my YouTube job. I do videos about why The Flash flopped. 
Um, wow. And it's it's not. But I mean, it makes sense because Ezra Miller also douchebag multiple arrests. Um, and then also in the middle of them rebooting the DC universe completely with uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran, I think his name is. Um, they're making Superman Legacy at the first movie of that. And then Brit- a new Batman with Batman Brave and the Bold. So everything's just starting again. It's like it's that that seems like it'll start the fatigue big time, at least for DC. Maybe. I mean, you're right. It, this is one of those like. Too big to fail mixed feelings from everybody. Yeah. Kind of movies in that, you know, they got Michael Keaton back as Batman. They had, you know, like who thought that would have happened? Yeah. And they got it for this movie. This should be a monumental blockbuster movie for them. And someone just shit in the middle of it. Yeah, it was like like, COVID, Ezra Miller and DC reboot all just fucked this movie over completely. Dude, this should have been like their end game. This should have been, you know, their first Avengers. Like this should have been that. And it, someone just took a dookie. (laughs) And the shame is, did you see it yet? Because I saw it. Uh, and Stork brought me part of a copy I was able to watch. Not all of yet. Okay, because it wasn't bad at all. Um, it just wasn't. You know, I, one of the video I I recorded said that it was like it does the same trope again of their the giant space laser sky laser. It's apparently they gave it a name now, kind of like jumping the shark. It's called the sky laser effect, where every big hero movie that's like the pinnacle, like on Endgame or something like that, always ends with a giant sky laser. They said, and this time they even used the same sky laser because you see even in the, in the trailer how they they he goes back in time from when uh when uh, what's his name Nod what's his name the Superman villain guy yeah General Zod General Zod he comes back with a giant space laser and it's like oh it's the big space laser again great um and I won't give any spoilers away but watch the end credit sequence and it's it's nothing it's just like it's crap so it's just like <laughs> it's it, it was sort of like a fart in the wind this movie it could have been so much more. Especially with uh, Michael Keaton, like you said, but I yeah, mean, like who would have thought that? Come on, yeah, and I'm ex- and also we will say that they did reboot like Spider Man like three times within a decade, and the third one stuck. So maybe if they reboot Superman yet again within a decade and a half, it'll actually work. Who knows? But it is James Gunn. He seems to touch everything and turns to gold. So we'll see true but here's the thing though i think that by james gunn we're not gonna get we're not ever gonna get like that typical superman movie what do you mean by typical like i don't i can't imagine him doing a superman movie someone who's supposed to be wholesome all american very middle of the road like he could definitely bring a lightness to it finally because that's what he did with dc at first was bring lightness to like the the the, uh, suicide squad movie and funny stuff but yeah you're right he needs to be earnest he needs to be sweet and kind and like the pinnacle of a good person and not like a total goofball or making bad jokes and, and i might just be remiss because i just saw how he treated adam warlock oh in guardians of the galaxy that was Three. pretty funny though <laughs> and but that same sort of idea like almost that paladin lawful stupid mm-hmm. you know like that makes me nervous of how he would treat Superman. Because he's supposed to be also pretty smart. He's not as smart as Batman, but he's supposed to be like, he's not no. an idiot like Adam yeah, Warlock. He, was he's, a, he's a reporter. You yeah. Know. He's got a good brain on his shoulders. Just he's all, he's mainly the tank, you know, he's, but he's not like, yeah, he's not a dumb lawful paladin. <laughs> so that's definitely different. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I'm sure they'll never stop until the studio stop making money. Then they'll think about or it. My pockets run out of cash. <laughs> 
So that was a juicy topic. We could just go on, or do you want to do one more topic? No, let's do one more. Let's do one more. All right, so I'll roll you the roll the twenty. I'll roll the ten. Okay, perfect. Here we go. What is that? Okay, that is a seven, which is iconic sci-fi fantasy TV shows. <laughs> and I us, rolled a five. They're giving us softballs this time. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number five. <laughs> so, what is your experience with Buffy the Vampire Slayer before I get into it? Oh, man. Talk about, like, middle school Steve masturbation hour. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot this one. Sappy crap. Let's just be real. Well, well who was your main um, object of desire, we'll say, in the in the show? Oh, man, there was always something hot to look at. All the vampire ladies were hot. Buffy was hot. All of her friends were hot. It was good. <laughs> All of her friends were hot. Uh, my favorite. Was there ever I'll go on that show? Tell me <laughs> no. right now. There was never an ago. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite was probably uh, Allison Hannigan um, playing her best friend. She was she's adorable and she's great. And how met your mother? But then uh, my biggest crush was uh, Elijah Dush- Dushku or whatever who went on, who went to do yeah, Dollhouse Dushku. later on. But she was always a, kind of a badass and everything. But yeah, Allison Hannigan's just adorable. But um, but yeah, like I I love we we actually. I watched that show all the way through when I first moved back to Florida in 2013 because I'd never seen it all the way through all by myself. And then uh, when I started dating Jolie, her best friend is obsessed with Buffy because she's like the same age as Sarah Michelle Gellar. So she like was aging with her during the show. And so it was like her favorite show growing up. And so we started watching it with Jolie who had never seen it before. So we got all the way through it and we're still currently in Angel. We're now watching the sequel series Angel or spinoff series. Okay. Um which I thought was good too. It didn't have the same like '90s charm as <laughs> as Buffy did. Cause it was a little later, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and Giles, I think, is my favorite character now because I identify with him more. Because I'm like I'm older than all these. I they could I could be their father, you know, like at this point in the series. Right. <laughs> and Giles was a badass. So you know he was, dude. Giles doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, I love the sexy episode with him and and Buffy's mom. They kind of get it on a little bit, so that's fun. But uh, yeah, it was the whole Joss Whedon thing. He's now problematic um but i do think buffy did a great thing putting you know strong female characters out there and tv and sci-fi and stuff so that was pretty cool but but for steve the nuance is (laughs) masturbation hour (laughs) hey that and xena was on oh yes on sunday afternoons on tbs her and don't don't ask don't ask me how i know oh it was it was tnt for sure not tbs i think it was a double header, <laughs> but Gabrielle and the uh, Zena. Oh man, every Sunday they were just always looking longingly at each other. I'm like, those two are hitting it. Like that is for sure. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of longing looks. And then we go to Hercules show or after Zena or before Zena, and it was like Hercules and a little blonde guy. Like <laughs> those two were definitely doing it too. <laughs> Remember that guy? He's like he was his little sidekick, little blonde guy. Yeah, too bad Kevin Sorbo ended up being a you know right wing nut. Oh, he's a total yeah. Mega head now, <laughs> but anyways, I always right, watch well, we those two topics. Those are great topics. All right, thank we you, Nerd it. Roll of Fortune. That brings us to some radical recommends. Recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. Uh, I kind of as a sub recommend, of course, we talked about Di- Diablo 4 earlier, and yes, it is 
it is fun, but make sure you're ready to delve into some complicated stuff, kind of learning curve. But once you get into it, it'll finally get a little bit easier if you're a gamer at all, which I'm not really these days. So it was definitely a big learning curve for me. Um, but now I'm watching Black Mirror's new season is out on Netflix. And I've always loved mm-hmm. Black Mirror. Um, but I like that they've kind of grown into where they definitely have some lighter hearted episodes mixed in with the really dark episodes. Um, and this season is five episodes long. I've only watched three so far, but they're already a good mix and so many great uh, cameos and actual casting of people you recognize almost everybody now. When they first started off, it was like all nobody actors from Britain that we just that we as Americans have never seen before. But now it's like pretty much all star cast because everybody wants to be in the show now. Um, but yeah, highly recommend Black Beer New Season. Did you watch the previous ones? Uh, yes. For the most part, okay. uh, the only one I didn't watch all of was like the interactive one. Oh, I did watch that one. That was fun. Apple TV wasn't compatible. And I went, oh, okay. oh, yeah. They had one on Netflix where you could like select what happened next, like a choose your own adventure thing in the show. It was yeah. really cool. Um, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Yep. And this one, it has some episodes that just totally surprised me. Like I like didn't see the twist coming and stuff. So it's kind of fun. So I definitely recommend some Black Mirror. Go for it. All right. Oh, trailer reviews. Oh, trailer. <laughs> uh, well, this week I chose. It's been a while since I've seen a trailer. I understand this little. <laughs> uh, so I chose Landscape with Invisible Hand. <laughs> Weird name. A near future where social media dictates. A large portion of society. Everyone has like implants on their heads, being forced to make content, or not forced, but coerced to make content. And there's like these weird alien things mm-hmm. with floppy tentacle arms that do like hand jive to talk. <laughs> they and for their hands some together. reason, this forced social media labor is for them. I didn't see it as labor. It's more that the aliens find, uh, the concept of love entertaining so like you can make money off of it by by basically broadcasting your life to these aliens because they're they're so amused and interested in our lives because they're so foreign to them so it wasn't like forced you can just choose to do it if you want to make some extra See, cash. it seemed like it seemed like more than social pressure to me but maybe i misread maybe well i mean it's hard to say um and this just looks weird it's about these two young kids deciding whether they're in love or not and... teen love <laughs> this is a this is a weird one, guys. It looks like it has a big budget though, and it's from MGM, and it's it's I think it's it said it was from a, a popular book, apparently, probably one of those um, young adult novels that are always get movie adaptations. But big budget, um, some recognizable faces for the parents and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it looks funny. It looks interesting. The teen actors look pretty good. Like they sound like they're good actors, pretty much. And the, the concept of the aliens that communicate by scraping their hands together and moving them around was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think th- and that they like our love life and our, as entertainment. It looks amusing to me, so I, I, I check it out. What do you uh, What do you rate this one, Steve? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one like a Gary Busey. He's like he's in there taping a taking an iPhone like an old iPhone and taping it to his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Raul walks into the bathroom, flips the light on, and finds him doing this. He's like, "Come on, we gotta pretend to be in love for the alien." <laughs> And Raul just, I'll, I'll use the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> and he flips the light off and just leaves. Like, oh, it's Thursday. I forgot. Let me go back downstairs. 
Uh, I give this uh, a Raul Julia on a date with a lovely lady. He's been, hasn't been out in the dating field for a while. And he's like, oh, hello. Very good to see you. Let's sit down and have a wonderful meal. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Gary Busey jumps out of the bushes and goes, I want to watch your love life. <laughs> It's interesting to me, you humans. <laughs> Gary, you are a human. I keep telling you this. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh that's our reviews for uh Landscape with Invisible Hand, the terrible name. But that's for, right. <laughs> our next time uh, in a couple of weeks, our next episode, in honor of the huge release of Barbie in theaters, we are of course reviewing Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. In our rare crossover of our standard movie review segments with the rule of three segment that you're all so familiar with, as this is technically the third movie in the Demonic Toys That's series. Right. That's right. So That's right. In honor of Barbie, we're reviewing Demonic Toys. In honor of rule of three, Demonic Toys. Three. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I love these. It's going to be so I bad love these again. bad movies so much. <laughs> and we found a way to like partner everything together. It's going to be a beautiful. We're going to make things kiss. It's going to be good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Puppets and demons. Well, come on back for that. We'll be your nerdy co-hosts. You'll be our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?